Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. Yes. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, our legacy Sherpa, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? <laughs> Just guiding you through the mountain passes of life, Pat. High above, <laughs> high above the mountaintop. Or I guess high on the mountaintop. I guess you can't really be above the mountaintop. Yeah, it's it's a grammatical in, inconsistency, but I'll, I'll sure, forgive sure. you for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to remind everyone, um, we are still doing the Bulk for Charity Drive. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, doing it towards like, we've done it for, uh, MG cast. We've done it for wounded warriors. This time we are, um, sending all the proceeds to benefit the children's organ transplant association for Wesley. Um, if you want to learn more about that, I will drop the link in the show notes. Uh, this is in support of one of our friends and listeners, rich whose son, uh, Wesley is in desperate need of a liver transplant. So we've raised, uh, I don't think we've checked the most recent figures, but we raved, We've done a few a few bucks on that, right, Jerry? Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot. We got a roll for the winner. Well, we'll we'll get to that. But we're rolling for the raffle for the uh, Leaving a Legacy playmat. Uh, we got the second playmat uh, is up for a raffle right now. Uh, the new the, one? Yeah, the new design Ooh. that just came in. Um, that one's currently going on. So if you pop over to the Facebook page. Uh, we're raffling those off, but yeah, uh, the other, the original playmat, I think raised like seventy five dollars for uh, awesome. that raffle. So super cool. Yeah, we got more raffles coming. We got uh, we got a special one coming up next too that I don't want to reveal just yet because it's it's being <laughs> sent to us. I want to have it in hand before we uh you know pull back the curtain. But we awesome. got some got some good ones in uh in the pipeline. Very cool, very cool. Um, and uh, if you guys are looking to donate commons. Um, you know, just bulk in general. You can find Jerry and I. We'll both be at Gaming Etc. on June 30th uh, for the Leaving Legacy 2K. Um, if you want more information on that, we'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, if you, you know, if you have a bunch of commons, you don't want to send them in a box, and it's going to cost you fifty dollars just to ship it. Uh, just come meet us in Acton on June 30th. Yeah, come play in the awesome uh, Leaving Legacy tournament. Great. All right, uh, Jerry. Do you want to introduce? We have an awesome guest this week. Uh, a very knowledgeable guest, returning guest. I know. I, introduce I, him? I forgot he was here. We, you know, we were just rambling so long. I <laughs> forgot he was just standing in the room. <laughs> Mr. Wilson, the format is wide open, Hunter. Come on down. Hello, friends. <laughs> That's about as hype as Wilson gets, I think. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> I want you to just input like the prices, prices right music. <laughs> I'll just do some. I'll do some like air horns, like. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How you been? <laughs> I'm great. Really enjoying uh, hanging out with you guys on this fine evening. Uh, the straight, straight man. Love it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's a term, Wilson. Jeez. Don't be uh, so presumptuous, Jerry. I know. All right, go right. on. You're right. <laughs> Uh, so we got we got some stuff to talk about this week. Uh, but Wilson, what's you want to just kind of catch people up what you've been in been up to the last uh, since we last spoke to you a couple months ago? In terms of magic or what? Yeah, just whatever. Okay. 
So I played in Grand Prix Toronto two Ooh. weeks ago. How was that? It was good. Made top 16 with my squad. So it was Lee Marino on Standard and Bryant Cook on Not Legacy. <laughs> Bryant, Bryant played Modern. He played Storm. Surprise, surprise. And I played Grixis Control and Legacy. And uh, top 16, fun time. Had a blast with those guys. And it was cool to do decently at an event. But. Awesome. So did you and Bryant, like, arm wrestle to decide who was playing Legacy? What happened? I don't know. He seemed he didn't really put up that much of a fight on it. Uh, I don't want to put any words in his mouth here, but maybe <laughs> Grixis is a little bit better positioned than Tess in the format. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but Bryant, Bryant really enjoys Storm and Modern, and he's really good at it. So I think that to him it was just as long as he got to play a Storm deck, he was happy. And Storm is fine. I actually am not sure how well it is, well positioned it is in modern, but I think that we would have rather been playing a Deathrite Shaman deck in Legacy. And modern is just such a crapshoot that why not have somebody who is really good at Storm play a Storm for modern? So it was fine. Nice. Uh, what did you think of the Toronto meta? Was it you know different than what you were expecting, or kind of more of what we've been seeing over the last couple months? It was pretty much the same old. I mean, I played against a lot of different decks uh, with essentially what to expect, because I played against four Grixis Delver decks and a larger number of Dark Depths decks, so three Turbo Depths and one Lands, and then a smattering of... The rest were no repeats, so just like one of a bunch of different decks, including Steel Stompy, which I know you guys did some testing of and think is interesting. <laughs> And Aluren was in there, and then just some other stuff too. So I think it was it was pretty well represented with the themes of Grixis Delver and Dark Depths being represented more than other stuff. Mm. But because it's Legacy, you're always going to have uh, some oddballs thrown in there. Um, it, did... Indeed. Now modern though, I don't know. Probably it's like a sin to talk about that on the show, but fifty <laughs> percent of Bryant's matchups were humans. And Jeez. so seven out of 14 of, of the matches he played. I, I've heard humans is the best deck in modern. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but I hear from reliable sources. If you're not playing humans, you're you're wrong. It's like the best deck that is also easy. So like, mm. there's like a few decks that are probably as good, but aren't are actually pretty hard and complicated. Mm -hmm. And it's just easy and ease like uh, accessible. And now everybody's just playing it. So actually, it makes me happy because for a while, everybody, all the modern fans are so jolly about how uh, open their format is. And they're like, oh, you can play anything. You go to a tournament. You play a different deck every round. And now they have, like, bloodshot eyes. And, like, you know, they're just sitting there after casting Reflector Mage over and over again. It's great. Hopefully it'll get more people to come play Legacy. True that, true that. Though I don't know if they're going to get much respite from uh, <laughs> the usual matchup uh, syndrome. Uh, but yeah, so like you had a good time in Toronto. What uh, does like top 16, how does that correspond for team tournaments compared to like individuals? Is that like the equivalent of getting top 32 or what is it? Yeah, it's probably like just as cool as getting top 32, I would say. Like, you, like that sort of range of money. Uh, and one one pro point, so yeah, about like that. But you get to say top sixteen, so 
Top 16. Woot woot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, we'll get into kind of what else you've been working on in your work life in a little bit, little bit later. But uh, let's talk about these Battle Bond previews. I know, Pat, you really wanted to tell us all about what Battle Bond is, right? So, listen, <laughs> I, I was in the pre-show. I was saying that I actually don't know what Battle Bond is. I thought it was like <laughs> I thought they were like uh, like event decks. Or, you know, I don't know, whatever those decks that, like, casuals, you can get, like, you know, at the game store, you could just smash them together. I, I, I don't even know what the set is. Is this a set to draft? Is this going to be in standard? I, I truly have no idea. Yeah. Does, does, anyone have, does anyone know what it is? I have a vague understanding. Wilson, do you, do you know? Maybe you know more than me. I'm I'm actually more lost than Pat because you know I'm not I'm not a usual on the show so I don't really know what to expect at all. So when I saw the show notes, I was like, "Do these guys want me to go over a Yu-Gi-Oh expansion or maybe like a new digital card game like Hearthstone?" When I saw Battlebond, I'm happy it's a Magic set though. Yeah, I feel Battlebond like got. I feel Battlebond is the solo of the Magic world. It just got zero press, <laughs> zero hype. Like literally, no one's been talking about it, and all of a sudden, oh, it came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my general understanding, just from like hearing other people talk about it and looking at the cards, is it's like this standalone expansion, kind of like conspiracy, uh, where it's focused on two-headed giant gameplay. So it's it's meant to be like drafted and then you play in two headed giant pods. And the whole theme of it is it's in this like f- like mystical arena where that's like not tied to the magic storyline at all. It's just here's a bunch of magic cards and they're fighting each other in this arena f- of sport. <laughs> so is it two headed giant limited and com- like commander constructed focus or is it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. I, I don't think it's I don't think it ha- it's a stated purpose of commander, but it's just like just because so many cards are designed to be for multiplayer, it just lends right. itself to commander really well. Yeah. So like it's meant to be drafted and played in two headed giant, but it just has so they like they use this opportunity to reprint so many commander all stars in it. Although I will say it's like the worst part of multiplayer in that it's like this highly political rule of this can i can i spoil this there's a yeah. rule called assist where <laughs> another player can help you pay for the spell yeah and when i when i'm reading all these cards i just envision these like highly political you know it's the kind of thing where like a few beers in no one cares who wins as long as like one person that that you hate is getting screwed you know <laughs> right it's not about who wins it's about how to stop that person from winning that you don't like <laughs> yeah no i know how these things go and oh, it's like one you disenchanted my soul ring on turn one you are my enemy for the rest of the game that's right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny because I feel that is a like a uh, house rule so many casual players have paid, played with, where it's like you're playing team games and it's like, oh yeah, he can pay for some of your mana. <laughs> <laughs> like I've played with many casual players where that's how they play. <laughs> that's yeah, interesting. I, I, multiplayer games are not for me, man. It does not interest me at all. Yeah. <sighs> what does interest me though is that this set is a normally priced set. Booster packs are at three ninety nine, like, and the value we see in this is kind of more in line with some of the masters sets. Like, okay. there are masters level reprints in this set, and it's still it's not masters level pricing, which is super interesting. Like, probably the biggest reprint is True Name Nemesis is in this set. Yeah, that's a big deal. So, is this the first time it's going to be foil? 
Yeah, this is the first time. This is the first time a lot of cards are gonna be foil. So True Name Nemesis is getting a foil reprint. Uh, Veteran Explorer is being reprinted in this set, which is also mm-hmm. the first time it's getting Ooh. a foil treatment. I know um, Doubling Seasons in the set as well. Isn't that like yeah. getting pricey as well? Doubling Seasons is very pricey for Commander, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's like it, it's a Masters level reprint at at really cheap value. So I I, I kind of just want to pick the, some of the set up just to crack some packs because even at like the common like there's Chain Lightning and Swords to Plowshares at the common level. So. Yeah, how many times are going to reprint Chain Lightning? Listen, man, people want the chain lightnings. You know, it's really good when you cast it at instant speed, Pat. People want that. It's true. It's like getting it's like getting lightning bolt (laughs) five through eight. You know, just just don't let the judge catch you. Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, there's some there's some really cool really cool stuff in this. Um, also, the reprint I'm most pumped for is the Tides Boat Tyrant. Did you guys say that? that? Yeah, that has uh, significantly improved art. Um, sure. Foils are pre-selling at twenty dollars. I was pissed yeah. when I saw that. <laughs> it's pretty dope, though. Uh, oh, there's also spell snare at common. Man, it got some. This thing's chock full of value. Wait, why is this tide spell tighter so special? Because just like the art is sweet. It's like this like uh, water elemental with like really good art. And if you have you looked at the old tide spell tyrant, like the old tide spell tyrant art is terrible. So yeah. every everyone wants to upgrade to this one. Like all the all the show and tell and reanimator players were uh were ogling it when it got spoiled. Interesting. He's sort of like air thrusting though. <laughs> he is. That is a distinct <laughs> pelvic thrust. And it's yeah, like right. throwing a wave against a rock. It's such a powerful <laughs> pelvic thrust. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the original Tide Spot Tyrant, it looks like it looks like a, a mid projectile money shot going on right there so it's not it's a little dirty for magic I think. oh my yeah, god i was gonna say the original art looks a lot uh a lot it's like it's like right Yu-Gi-Oh. in line with the uh, serum visions you know it's jesus <laughs> uh speaking of the art i've heard a lot of people complaining about the art in this set and it's definitely true it feels like this set uh went for the more kid friendly art style like people were saying that it like all all the new art was very cartoony like go down and look at this card rush blade commander in the gold cards it's like red and a black for a two two uh warriors your team control uh your con- wait warriors your team controls have taste. Um, hmm. And the the art is just like this weird, like glowing guy. There's no backgrounds. It's just like the blank background of a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah, I think that was just like last second art commission. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of the new art has that same like style. And a lot of people are pointing like this set is really aimed towards newer players because it's a way to get them like it's casual focused being two headed giant. And it's just a way to like get players into the game without having them having to worry about like standard or very various formats. It's just kind of like a self-contained type set for newer players. I'm I'm fine with that personally. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not not everything has to be for everyone, you know. Exactly, um, which I, I'm fine with as well. Um, what I do like, though, is there are some pretty sweet new cards that look like they could see legacy play. Oh, yeah. Is it Chain um, Lightning? It, yep. Chain Lightning is definitely <laughs> going to see some legacy that's play. A, that's, that's on my list for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but now uh, we got probably the biggest one is Brightling. I know Bob Huang named that as his card most likely to see legacy play. 
Hmm. Um, filling out the cycle. All we're missing now is the blackling. Hmm. But uh, yeah, you want to read? We also need a new Thornling art. <laughs> new Thornling art. So yes. I don't really count Thornling right now. I think we need a a black a blackling. Is that even? Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, a green one, a Thornling. But yeah. When that, I mean, when that came out, I thought it was like a joke. It, did you guys remember? I mean, were you guys playing when Conflux was spoiled? Nah, no, I have to look this not. art up. I thought it was. It's isn't it like a boar or something? It's a just yeah. It's a massive goat. Just <laughs> so you've got all these other sweet things like these like dual you know <laughs> warrior types like Thor- Torchling is cool because they're like slightly <laughs> different as RK post. And then you got the big old goat. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, the, the cycle <laughs> concept. Is. I've just pulled up the art, and it's just like, I've only seen the art on the card. Seeing, like, the full-fledged art on my entire computer screen, it's just, it's really ridiculous. Like I literally thought it was placeholder art for, like, the MTG Salvation spoiler <laughs> when I first saw that. Like, it just looks like, Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, like, big buck teeth and. Yeah. All right. I, I see you're coming from that. But uh, <laughs> what I first saw is so traditionally all of the lings have been three colorless and then two of its called like morphling is two blue and three colorless. Thornling is two green and three colorless. Torchling is two red and three colorless. So when I saw Thornling, like I didn't even look at the mana cost. I just assumed it cost five. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. That don't that won't see play. And then all of a sudden all the death and taxes players start talking about it replacing Mirren Crusader and Death and Taxes. And that's when I realized that it's only three converted mana costs. Hmm. You think it would replace Mirren Crusader, really? That's what a bunch of the Death and Taxes players were talking about. I don't know if they're right, though. I, I still think Marin Crusader is better than this. Yeah. I. Hmm. So one problem this has is that it cannot be searched up with the recruiters. Right. And I think at, like one Marin Crusader is really powerful. Um, but, I mean, it is a really flexible card. I don't know. I would have trouble. Like I really like the the recruiter lists in Death and Taxes these days. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have trouble not playing it. I think that there's not even much, like for example, I think Sanctum Prelate 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 is a really good card, and people probably don't play enough of it. And I think it's probably better than Brightling because it's good against a lot of the unfair parts of the metagame. So I think Brightling's a playable card. I personally just have trouble seeing you know, how I'd slot it in. Um, yeah. The three drop spot in Death and Taxes is so tight. Like it Flicker is. Wisp, uh, uh, Prelate, um, uh, I just blanked on the name. The uh, the two two double striker, Mirren Crusader. Mirren Crusader. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is, e- even as a card that you can't search, I like Brimaz quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice and like a lightning bolt heavy metagame, and also has the Caracas synergies. Now this doesn't need Caracas synergy because it's got its own protection. Uh, but it's still a little bit more fragile in, the, in a lightning bolt meta because you have to keep that mana up. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I think it's, it's playable. It's interesting, but it's definitely stiff competition in Death in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I also just like uh, Mirren Crusader because it's a faster clock. Like if you throw any equipment on a Mirren Crusader, you're gonna close that gap real quick. Whereas Brightling, you know, it, it's pretty mana intensive just to put a clock on your opponent. Yeah. The Mary Crusader plays really nicely with the equipment that all triggers off of different hits, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, 
like sort of fire nice on a mirror and crusader <laughs> most decks have a very difficult time dealing with that yeah i'd say so now um, i will say brightling is i have a pretty large cube it's a 720 card uh legacy cube plus other cards that are not legal legacy but really it's just most of the powers banned and soul ring um but i'm i'm definitely interested in trying out brightling and cube i think it's a cool cube card yeah, I could see Brightling being used in the sideboard of Death and Taxes for the Miracles matchup, just because that bounce ability is really useful when facing down Terminuses. Yeah, um, I might just... I'd have trouble playing this before, like, the fourth Sanctum Prelate against Miracles, personally. I mean, if you just get it on 6-1, and one, for example, like, 4... I mean, you just start getting them down, and it's just... Sanctum Prelate's so strong against Miracles, so I don't yeah. know. That is also true. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it might see play. It might not see play. Um, speaking of recruiter targets, though, we did get a new sweet recruiter target with Arena Rector. Mm. You take a look at this. This thing's pretty sweet. Um, call back to uh, the original Rector, which searched out enchantments. Arena Rector is uh, three and a white for a one, two. When it dies, you may exile it if you do search your library for a Planeswalker card and put it onto the battlefield. Shuffle your library. Is this like one of the first Planeswalker cheat cards that we've seen? Yeah, uh, out of, yeah go on. Yeah, I, I think it, well, maybe? I mean, there's there's the like amulet or whatever that lets you put the Planeswalker into play, but this is like the first one we've seen that's like fetching a Planeswalker and especially putting it into play. Right. So it's it's interesting. I just don't know if like there are planeswalkers enough to make it worthwhile. So your targets are basically Ugin, Karn, and Nickel Bolas. All the other planeswalkers, it's not much of a discount on. Yeah, I will say. So the best thing this card has going for it is that this is the type of card that will only get better with time as long as yes. there isn't like insane power creep in the game which in magic you don't have to worry about that quite as much as other games so uh given that mana costs remain at least somewhat stable with effects especially these cheating effects that get better over time like the more they they'll eventually print some just ridiculous planeswalker like it took a couple decades to print something like Emrakul. Right. But but once they did they did and eventually we'll have planeswalkers that are more broken than ugin probably Right, um, we basically need wizards to print a 15-mana Planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, just something that was just, just really, really absurd. Basically makes you want to play this to to win the game, you know, if you can sacrifice it. Right. Um, talking to a bunch of the Nick Fit players, specifically the Nick's Fit, which is the one using uh, Academy Rector right now, uh, to find things like uh, the Amonkhet enchantment, that uh, it's like a humility yeah. uh, on a specific, on an individual player. Um, you know, they're saying that they pretty much want their enchantments more. You know, the the enchantments that they get are better than any planeswalker that they can get now. So yeah, there's a toolbox of these like massive curses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and like there's a win con. There's the one that is doesn't let non flyer or doesn't let. Oh yeah, only not, flying creatures can't attack you, you and five, you five make worms. yeah you make a five five worm each turn. That's a nice card to get and there's there's a few others like that too that are nuts like you said there's the one-sided humility and some other stuff so right and i mean ugin's good that it can it can pretty much wipe the board but um a lot of these planeswalkers you get them and you can still be overrun because i mean cheating out and then sacking an arena rector super quick it isn't the easiest in legacy i mean four mana is still a lot to get to 
Yeah, also in Legacy where there's a bunch of unfair decks, I mean, getting Ugin is fine. It's almost like you're ramping into an Ugin. Right. But, it, going... but it's not going to beat, like, a lot of unfair decks. So, like, to have a toolbox of these enchantments that can lock out things like Sneak and Show or Storm or whatever, depending on what your toolbox is, is really powerful. Right. So I right. also want to ask you, what, what is this, like, network of talking to a bunch of Nick Fit players? Like, <laughs> do you ha- you just have this, like, Nick Fit feedback pod in your back pocket yeah no i have i have my informant cycles you know they i get a day i get a daily dossier it gets okay. slipped under my door each morning and i i read what each community is uh talking about the various cards i'll uh i'll, I'll put you in contact with my guys wilson you can keep your ear to the ground <laughs> thank you um the guess which new card i'm most excited about though this one holds a special place in my heart I don't know. I, I don't see anything that would be playable in Sneak and Show, but I think you're about to tell me something that you wish were playable. Oh, I'm savage. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Are you talking about the three mana sorcery speed? You gotta pay twice for a show and tell multiple card? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are more excited about this. The Sneak and Show community <laughs> is going insane. Look at the freaking Sneak and Show uh, Discord, the Facebook page. They're all going freaking crazy about this guy. Jer- Jerry, do I have to make the joke? What? <laughs> Listen, what, Pat? Listen, man, the Sneak and Show community isn't exactly known for being like the most, I don't know, the swiftest on the uptake, you know, like. They're not the swiftiest swift spear in the in the camp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're not the swiftest swift spear. Exactly. Uh, see, this card though is still going to see play as a Plan C, uh, just because it's better uh. than the Plan Cs that people are playing now. All right, why don't you explain to us why you think Arcane Artisan is going to see any play even in the sideboard? Because because it, it it draws cards and it makes okay. Emrakul's pass. I said explain. So I would what I would do is Jerry, how, I was I would start by reading the card. <laughs> Telling oh, everyone what it does. Do yeah, yeah. Is that what I should do first? Yeah, okay. l- l- let me help you out. Arcane Artisan is two and a blue for a creature. Human wizard. That's right. Jerry <laughs> wants to cast creatures in show and tell. Hey, that two and a blue is the perfect mana cost because <laughs> it goes right off of a lotus petal in an ancient tomb. Boom. Turn one. Per- Got it. Perfect. Uh, for two and a blue, you can tap it. So this means you got to wait a turn to do it. You can tap it. Target player draws a card and then exiles a card from their hand. If a creature card is exiled this way, that player creates a token that's a copy of that card. Oh, look at that. Oh, I just made myself an Emrakul. I drew a card, and I made an Emrakul. Look how wonderful that was. When Arcane Artisan leaves the battlefield, exile all tokens created with it at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) You still get it. The whole all right. So the whole point of this card is it's in your sideboard. Your sneak and show players are going to run like two of them in their sideboard, and they play game one. Their opponent goes, "Oh, I'm playing against sneak and show. All these abrupt decays and fatal pushes and lightning bolts don't do anything. Let me board them out." Sneak and show player boards in arcane artisan. So then when they you know put their meddling mages on show and tell or they surgical extraction the the show and tell or put a pithing needle on sneak attack. This is their plan C. They've boarded out all their removal, so it pretty much just sits there. This is now your plan C as a way to get your uh, big creatures into play without having to rely on your plan A and B of show and tell and sneak attack. Plus, because it's a token, it gets around one of the best hate cards against sneak and show, which is Containment Priest. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <sighs> this it's people are just expecting this to be like what the deck's based around. It's not. This is your next leveling in the sideboarding matchup. You're bringing in a card that gets around their usual hate. Um, that gives you another way to cheat a fatty into play. It's just you're overloading your opponent with threats. They only mm-hmm. have so many answers. You know, if they pyroblast this, that means they don't pyroblast your show and tell or vice versa. You know, there's only so many counter spells. There's only so many answers that these decks can throw at you. And that's what Sneak and Show does best. It just jams throats down its opponent's throat until they can't answer it anymore. So this is just redundancy is what you mean? Exactly. It's it's not what piece. you're hinging your entire plan on. It's not like your Hail Mary play. It's, oh, this is just more uh, threats that I can jam down my opponent's throat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. Wilson is decidedly silent. <laughs> Do you do you want me to say something, Jerry? <laughs> I don't know. Not with that tone. <laughs> <laughs> think, think carefully. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whoa. No. So yeah, I, I don't want to be negative, Nancy. I'll save that for the brainstorm show. I think this will be. This is an interesting. Oh, card. you guys. Oh, you guys still release? <laughs> Actually, we have we recorded an episode that Paul is nesting on right now. Wow! And I'm, I'm not sure when it will be released. So, very nice. We don't talk about the set at all. I didn't even know it existed when we recorded the episode, <laughs> even though it had been spoiled hours before. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you can be negative, Wilson. Give it, give it to me. Lay it bare. Um, if my opponent taps three mana. And then this card comes slithering out of their hand. <laughs> I would have. I w- it would be very difficult to me for me to hold back an audible chuckle. <laughs> and then it's gonna smash your face the next turn. <laughs> no, no. But real talk, like I think that um, yeah, it's a nice little sub game if people are like have fluster storms and spell pierces against you or something. The issue is like, does everybody always board out all of your dead cards? all of their dead cards against you. And if they have any creature removal at all, which I think some people do, a lot of people have a decent amount, then, then it's really going to be bad for you. But if you can like bank on some people boarding out all the removal next level, then, then that's cool. So I don't know. Wow. You gave it, you gave it more credit than I was expecting. I was, I was be nice. expecting, <laughs> expecting a dress down. Is this better than Jace the mind sculpture though? No, it's not better than Jace the Mind Sculptor. Really? Well, then why don't you play depends. that? Uh, you are playing Jace the Mind Sculptor. Oh, okay. So you're boarding this and Jace. Jace's in... main deck. I don't really know any sneak and show decks that run uh, Jace sideboard. Jace is usually main deck or not at all, depending on the meta. Okay. Well, it's like I feel like it's sort you're, of a... you're playing you're playing this over through the breach where through the breach has been so miserable. I almost no decks run it anymore. Just like it. It dies to so much counter magic, and then the worst part about through the breach is you through the breach them, and then they still survive and win through it. Like you through the breach in an Emercool, okay, now you have no cards in hands. They're on five, and they get to start rebuilding their board and probably kill you in the meantime. Like the number of times I've through the breach someone and still lost the game, it's just it's painful. That makes sense. But with this, you you cast it and you have a zero three. Yeah, which also draws cards. Like, keep in mind, it's also a looter. Like, it even if you're not comboing off with it, it digs you to the combo. Yeah, that's interesting. I dig it. You know, there's there's some grindy games that happen with Sneak and Show. People would be surprised. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm excited to see you try this card. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. No, I'm not trying to be. I don't know what else to say. I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, Jerry. Just, I mean, I suppose in like a sideboard a game where someone's like, you know, boarding out a lot of their removal, this might pass the snuff test. But I, I'm, I'm skeptical at best. I'm skeptical at best. All right, but I'm happy good. for you, Jerry. I'm happy for it's, you. It's gonna take down the GP. Just you <laughs> wait. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> Of <laughs> oh man um other than that uh ooh, mangara the corridor corridor is in the set that's pretty cool um other than that the other big play people are thinking might see some play is the archon archon of valor's reach which is kind of a twist on iona a little bit it's a four green white for a five six flying vigilance trample so i mean that's pretty decent just a bo- uh, as a body um, and it has, as it enters the battlefield, choose artifact, enchantment, instant sorcery, or planeswalkers. Players can't cast spells of the chosen type. So it is actually symmetrical. So who is this, this going to be played by, exactly? I don't really know. So a couple of reanimator players have been uh, talking to me about it, saying that they want to try it out. I just think it's worse than Iona in every way. Yeah, I, so, I tend to agree. So here's one thing, is it's not legendary, so that's good. That is true. It's not legendary, which is a huge plus over Iona. Um, so that's nice. I'm trying to think. Like, you know, Imperial Archangel exists. Do you guys know what that card does? Mm, is that the one where it's like redirect damage to it instead of you? Yeah. Yeah, that one. So if you're going to board this in against something with Caracas. Because that one has shroud, it's it does it does like very similar things. But I don't. I'm just. This is my first time thinking about this. I'm trying to like figure out when you'd want to play the Archon of Valor's Reach. Um, yeah, because it's almost all. It's like you guys said. It's like Iona is almost always going to be better unless you think you're bringing in more effects against like some Death and Taxes deck. When this is probably not going to be enough to kill your opponent. Um, so yeah. The reanimators player players I was talking to was saying like boarding it in for miracles, but I'm just like, well, you name sorcery and then they swords it, or you name instant and then they terminus it. Um, it's I just feel shutting off only one type isn't really enough because most decks in Legacy have multiple ways to deal with it. Like, sure, if you play this against Grixis Delver and name instance, that's gonna that's gonna put a pretty big damper on them. Yeah, they can but also just Jace. Jace balanced this, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, Grixis Delver doesn't run. Uh, no, sorry, Jace I was talking though. about with the mir- when you were talking about miracles. Oh yeah, miracles. Yeah, miracles just has so many different ways to deal with it. It's not funny, but yeah. I mean, yes, this shuts down Grixis, but also if you think about it, Iona also just shuts down Grixis. So I just don't see decks making space for this because you're definitely not going to be cutting Iona for it. Yeah, doesn't Grizzlebrand? What did you say? Shut down, shut down Grixis. I mean, don't you just want to uh, get Grizzle Branding as most of these decks? Yeah, but I mean, sometimes it's not always the option. Um, they could have, like, surgical your Grizzle Brand, or you're, like, Faithless Looting, and you have an Iona, and you don't have a Grizzle Brand. Yeah. So so this is just another redundant threat, you're saying? With a little yeah. Bit of upside. I, 
I just don't see it. Like the the one upside I also see it over Iona is it, is some of these decks can hard cast it. Like when I feel it's not even fair going back and saying it's playable in Nick Fit because literally everything's playable in Nick Fit. <laughs> but right, this is right. something that like Nick it's another toolbox car that Nick Fit could use in the Green Sun Zenith because like six isn't that absurdly expensive for those types of decks. You know, six is kind of their sweet spot. Um, so this yeah. could be another way for like Nick Fit to play around, but yeah, no, I, I actually think this is legitimately playable in Nick Fit as a singleton. Yeah. Like this is actually a card that they might want in their deck because it does something unique in ways that you otherwise can't interact with some bad matchups. And mm-hmm. sure, a lot of decks are going to kill you before you get there, but like in Legacy, sometimes things get grindy. I think it's like actually a pretty interesting singleton to consider. Yeah. So I mean, people people seem to like it. It's definitely worth trying out. Um, but other than that, I think that was pretty much it for the legacy playables. Unless anyone else saw anything to the contrary. No, but uh, if any listeners think that you found a uh, a gem hidden among these cards, please feel free to share it on the Facebook page. We'll get a chance to discuss it. Yeah, especially, like, the commons and uncommons. I feel so many times when we see, like, broken cards slip through, it's because they're commons and uncommons because no one bothers to look through them until the set's actually out and you're playing with it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even bother to look through any of these cards, mythic or uncommon, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's Pat on the forefront trying to break the format. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, we did miss Spellseeker. Did we talk about Oh, yeah, Spellseeker. Yeah, because people are actually talking about maybe it being played in even vintage, but I don't know. I think it's actually only maybe playable in Vintage and not Legacy, because yeah. in Vintage you can get, uh, I mean, this is sort of obvious, but like uh, your Ancestral Recall, or actually Demonic Tutor is really interesting, because I think a card yeah. like this, I immediately thought maybe it gets a blue one of these cards, but it's actually just an instant or sorcery card, because yeah. it may cost two or less. So yeah, I've, I've been trying to, I've always wanted Merchant Scroll to be better than it is in Legacy, and just the fact that it can only get blue cards just puts such a such a restriction on it. It's just not worth it. But Spellseeker, you're right, Wilson, just being of any color is a huge upgrade. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I will say that I've slaved up four Merchant Scrolls in Legacy in the last three months. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. High Tide. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think we ever read it. Spellseeker is two and a blue for a 1-1. One, one. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost two or less. Reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I feel this was really close from being a staple. Like, if they had given it Death Touch, like the way that Baleful Strix does, I think this would be an automatic inclusion just because of the value. Like, you're getting a 1-1 Death Toucher that tutors any instant or sorcery out of your library. What's um, the like, uh, the card that makes you sa- – it's a demonic tutor, but you have to sacrifice a creature as the cost or something like that? That is actually also in this in this set. Diabolic Intent is right. being reprinted in this. Yeah, uh, well, one in the black for the sorcery. Well, there you yes. go. That's the combo with Spellseeker. Yeah, so the, you can actually draft that combo. So Spellseeker, find Diabolic Intent, sacrifice Spellseeker to the Diabolic Intent to search your library for any card and put it into your hands. Hmm. I don't see how this set is for new players. So <laughs> I I know, right? Like some of these interactions are fairly complex. Well, and there's these there's the, all these reprints that are just like <laughs> chain lightning. 
That's not a that's not a card that I would like put in some sort of beginner set. Hey, yeah, hey over, new player. Over like lightning. <laughs> hey new player, I name you with true name nemesis. GG. That's, that, that was exactly the other one that I was going to say. Well, the the reason why they said is because it's two headed giant. This is the only format that they can reprint true oh, name that's, nemesis okay, in, that's fair. and and it not being absolutely broken. <laughs> like a two headed giant, like true name nemesis is actually interesting instead of just being busted in one on one legacy. Wait, wait. So I can't block it? No. Can, can I kill it with a spell? No. <laughs> No. What game is this you're playing? (laughs) I would never let somebody see the card land tax unless they played the game for at least six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, land tax is in this set. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty higher level. But, I mean, that's good, though. I mean, that just means there's stuff in here that we can get out of it. It's not just for, uh, you know, the newer players. Yeah, I mean, maybe this would be a fun set to, like, get a few people who play Legacy and get together and play... Uh, you know, I can't even say it. I can't. I don't think two-headed giant's fun, so I don't think. I don't. <laughs> I just don't think I can play this set. Maybe I just crack a box for the value, but that's about it. How do you, how do you pronounce yeah. this word? My my mycosynth mycosynth latest. Yeah, that's that was actually an expensive reprint too. That was getting uh pretty high. I remember finding that in like a bulk binder, and my friend saying, "Oh yeah, that's like a twenty dollar card." Yeah, I was gonna say um, that's like a very popular like EDH combo card, right? Yeah, all permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. All cards that aren't on the battlefield are colorless, and players may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. So yeah, I mean, I can't believe that this set is only three ninety nine a booster pack. Like, yeah. This is a master's level reprint. Like there's some value in this set. Uh, yeah, I, this I don't know if it's like I'll be interested to see like the actual breakdown and see what the EV is in a box. I don't think the value is as high as you as you are claiming that it is, but we'll see. Uh, MTG Goldfish did it, and it was around like 140, 150. Oh, for really? A box. Okay, that's yeah, fair. which that's, is that's crazy. I wouldn't say that's that's not quite like that's not really like a master set like level. I mean, that's twenty dollars more than Iconic Masters. Sure, sure. And I can't. Iconic I don't think Masters was saying a, Iconic Masters was a smash hit, though, right? Like, no, it, it wasn't. But it's higher value than Icon. I think it's also higher value than Eternal Masters. Um, or not Ma- Eternal Masters, uh, Masters 25. Yes, there are too many Master sets also. Like, yeah, that on, too. I think, like, well, like, maybe two or three of the foils really skew the numbers up a little bit, right? Because, like, yeah, the, foil the true, true name, name is, is like, be, $200 yeah. right now or something. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Yeah, uh, this was this was just the baseline. This wasn't counting uh, foils, though. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. It was, like, $150 just in the value of the cards. Hmm, Okay. I mean, gr- granted, that's going to come down once the set comes out. Like a lot of that right. value is in car in expensive, like doubling season. Like doubling season's probably going to take a, a hit to its price. Yeah, I mean that is uh, a mythic, I mean, so it won't be. Too, it shouldn't be too too bad. Yeah. Oh, they even got Elvish Visionary in here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the set. I think they did a good job. Ooh, Impulse! They got Impulse in here too mm-hmm. with the uh, the from the vault art or not the from the vault. Yeah, the from the vault like twenty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. It looks like a set. I think they, I think they did a really a good job with this set. It, it's full of value. Has some sweet new cards. Has some sweet, well needed uh, reprints. Uh, I think they did a good job. And the fact that like, I think the only miss on this is that no one knew about it until it actually came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so, just... go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say I think that they uh, are reprinting impulse. And they'll probably continue to do that so they get people to not run the original because of the egregious wording 
on the card. They get you to shuffle <laughs> your deck, and that's not actually how the card works. Wait, explain that? What? So the visions impulse says it, it, there's this sentence at the end of it, which doesn't make any sense because you put the other cards <laughs> on the bottom of your deck and then you shuffle your library after you do that on the card, the card text. But the Oracle text does not have you shuffling your library. Really? I never noticed that before. <laughs> That's hilarious. So. Awesome. Uh, oh, and they have shock. They reprodu- I was going to say instead of chain lightning, they should just put shock in here, but they do have shock in the uh, in the set. I'm shocked, man. I'm gonna have to. Dr- I'm gonna have to draft this. We, man, Pat. We have so many things we have to draft. It's not even funny. <laughs> I have a box of unstable <laughs> over here. We're supposed to draft. We still have a. You still have a box of Masters Twenty Five. We're supposed to draft. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. We oh, we keep making these grand plans to hang out, Pat, and then we're like, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. gonna stay home. <laughs> <laughs> we hang out enough of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, planning planning my life is so man. Running podcasts eats a lot of your time, guys. It's too too much, <laughs> too much. Uh, anyways, speaking of things keeping us busy, Wilson, you got a little project going on, don't you? I do. Would you like me to talk about it? Yes. Yeah, it's your it's your stamp collection, right? That's it. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, go on. Tell us all about your forever stamps. <laughs> so I'm looking for the 1865 Lincoln. Oh, I got that. I got that. <laughs> um, then my collection's complete. No, okay. So can I talk about my uh, my startup thing? Yeah. No, nah, we're at, we're we're out of time. <laughs> all right. Fine. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Wilson. <laughs> so, as I have been doing my little, you know, talk about this on all forms of media, including the Brainstorm Show, I'll just do that here too. But I've been working <laughs> on a tech startup with the goal being to revolutionize the way that people live stream physical games and the way that viewers interact with physical games in a live stream. And we've been working on some things for a while. I've been doing like, the startup thing of trying to get some team members and raise some money and do all of that. And we finally built our first thing, which is a Twitch extension for people to view deck lists of physical games of Magic. So it's sort of a, you know, it's, it's a smaller thing based on what our goals are, but we wanted to do some proof of concept to get the ball rolling. And we think it'll also be a really cool tool to help people better understand what's happening in games. So basically the way that will work is if you want to see what are the contents of the decks of the players, you'll just click on a small little button next to their name and you can drop down the deck list and really uh, understand better what they're doing in the game. So to go along with that, we have a digital deck list submission tool that any stores can use even if they're not streaming a judge portal to do deck checks on the decks that are submitted and tournament organizer portal to uh, organize the deck list and export them and use it for whatever purposes they want after the tournament is done. So we're basically done with it and we're just doing some closed beta testing for the next couple of weeks. And if you'd like to learn more about it, you can go to cardboard.live and enter your email and I'll be sending up some, uh, sending out some updates on that. Or just like the like and follow the various social media pages. It's so uh, the startup is Cardboard Live, and you all will probably be seeing more things coming out pretty soon. But it's just been really fun. I'm pumped about it. I obviously love Magic, and I'm obsessed with uh, watching games of Magic and playing. So to me, it just it was a problem that I knew existed, and I jumped out of my 
sales slash corporate America job to do something that I really loved and have been much happier and much better husband and father while since I'm doing something I enjoy. So that's awesome. I mean, it feels like one of those things that's like so simple. You can't believe no one else has ever done it, but it, it does just make the viewing experience that much better. Like so often have I been like watching a stream and even just wanting to like have the ability to hover over the stuff in magic online and have that information, like have the card pop up and it being like frustrating that you can't do that while, while watching the stream. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. So we are working on some more complicated things uh, as far as the interactivity goes and we'll, you know, provide more details on that soon. But right now we're starting with some of this data entry related features, the first being the deck list, but then we're also going to start working on player profiles, tournament standings, and other things that you can interact with immediately in a stream. Um, but the coolest part is too, that like this will help tournament organizers uh, run events, even if they're not streaming, because it sort of fills a hole that existed in physical game tournament organization, because there's really honestly no way for people to monetize this well, and we're not monetizing it right now. But the the game plan for the company is obviously to, you know, monetize through the way that Twitch allows you to with viewership and everything. So uh, the tournament organization scene will just happen to get cool tools for free through that, which I think is is a uh, is pretty neat. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know we still need to talk because uh, I want to try and implement it for the Leaving a Legacy tournament to try and make the viewing experience a bit better for people back home. Sweet. Let's do it. Boom. Um, speaking of, Pat, we got some news with the Leaving a Legacy tournament. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Yeah, so I've uh, been ta- speaking to a couple people, and I'm glad we're going to have some gunslingers at the event now. Uh, we got the one and only Tom Smiley and Adam Wallace are both going to be gunslinging at the event. So uh, if you get paired against them in the tournament and you happen to beat them, uh, you get a booster pack of Masters 25 for your efforts. Um, you know, maybe I'll give you two if you beat Tom just because uh, <laughs> I got I got a score to settle. <laughs> Uh, but Pat, you want to remind people about uh, about the event and uh, yeah, yeah, check it for out? sure. Um, so I'll I'll drop the Facebook link in the uh, in the chat in the sorry not in the chat in the show notes. Um, but we are hosting the Living Legacy 2K. Uh, it's going to be June 30th at uh, Gaming Etc. I believe the tournament starts at 10 a.m. But again, check the uh, check the link just for a confirmation there. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be forty dollar entry. Um, where Michelle does a really great job. Um, she she's helping us uh, run this tournament. Um, she owns gaming, et cetera. She does a really great job of, of scaling the tournaments when the, when the attendance warrants it. Um, and I think when we were talking about numbers, we fully expect this to scale to a 5k when everything's said and done. Um, I think we already have like 140 people, um, marked as either going or interested in going. So, I mean, if we get that turnout, then this is definitely going to hit a 5k. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's just, the store is so awesome. I absolutely love gaming, et cetera. I talk about it all the time. I always say, you know, the nice things about it, but it is true. It is one of the best stores I've seen around here. Um, certainly like my favorite on the East coast. Um, and she just does a great job. They have great, great, uh, great judges there, great people who run the shop and, uh, and they also have a, an awesome selection of cards. So it'll be a good time yeah. too. We'll be, we'll be streaming what well, Jerry and I will be doing our first time, uh, doing commentary. So we'll see how much of a train wreck that is, but I'm excited to, <laughs> I'm excited to try my hand at that. Pat, Pat, we're suiting up, right? Uh, yeah, obviously. I'm. I have my cream suit ready to go. Oh, gross! Um, <laughs> the, please don't cream come with, with with gold accents. You're gonna look. 
<laughs> you're gonna look like uh, like Marlon Brando from uh, from the Island of Doctor Monroe. <laughs> that's the plan. That's actually what I. That's what I'm basing my entire look off. Can of. I be your little like muty little man, like in the matching small in the matching cream suit? Yeah, the matching cream suit. Exactly. That was that was the plan. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course we'll be we'll be wearing suits. Uh, it'll be it will it'll be high production value. Um, but I'm excited, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope we get a really good turnout because it's something that we want to do uh, a few times a year. I think if, it, if the turnout is really good and people seem excited for it and enjoy it, you know. Yeah, I mean, come play Legacy for cash. Yeah. it's all cash prizes. Too. Right, like, people right. Forget that. Yeah, yeah. You're not playing. It... You're not playing for for standard boosters. You're playing for cash money. Yeah, our store credit. The store credit does go a long way at gaming, etc. I think the fact that it's cash just makes it that much sweeter. Totally, totally. Uh, that way, Wilson can launder all of his uh, money through his project, through uh, you know his his Canary Island bank accounts. <laughs> right, Wilson? <laughs> yes. Good. Can you can you say that louder into the tape recorder? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. All right, moving on to our. <laughs> My lawyer has advised me not to. <laughs> I, I've noticed you guys think I'm funny or something because I like you guys laugh at like the. It's it's just I it's, I literally just said like no or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. You, can, you guys think I'm joking with these things, but I'm dead serious. No, this like really it sort of makes me like increases my uh, self. What what is the word I'm looking for? It makes me sort of happy. I'm like hey. You're id. I feel like I'm like bringing joy to Jerry's life every time. Uh, every always, time you chuckle, you always bring joy to my life. You also bring me like aneurysms on a basically daily basis with all the things you message me. <laughs> well, we won't go any further into that topic. <laughs> no, no, no. The dark times. The dark times. <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, Wilson does a really good job of, of rule number eight, which is tell the truth or at least don't lie. Right, Wilson. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go any further. Than this. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I saw Solo this weekend. Have you guys seen it yet? No. How was it? I thought it was good. Apparently, it's not getting good reviews, but I thought it was really enjoyable. Who cares what the reviews? Who, who honestly like? They're just gonna keep <laughs> pumping these out. People are gonna come see them. It's gonna be great. I heard there's gonna be a uh, a Boba Fett solo movie, so I'm gonna try to get a starring role in that, of course. <laughs> I, to clarify, it's just a Boba Fett by himself movie, not a Boba Fett with Han Solo movie. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. Like that's, I've been wanting that. Well, since say, I was, I've been wanting that movie since I was a child, Jerry. So when you told me that the other day, I this... just about lost it. <laughs> Pat, Pat texted me actually. Just a, I left the movie theater. And Pat just texted me. Just answer yes or no. Is Boba <laughs> Fett in the movie? <laughs> yes or no. Wait, so uh, Donald Glover is the is Lando, Lando Calrissian? Yeah, he is. He did a damn good job of it too. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine he he probably does a great job. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, is it worth? I, taking, I recommend is, people can I take, take my kids to see it. You think? Yeah, it's actually a more family friendly Star Wars movie. Nice. Um, there isn't as much like violent. I mean, probably because there isn't people getting chopped in half with lightsabers. So it's a more fr- family friendly. Like the deaths are more cartoon deaths, but in a good way. Actually, actually thinking back now, there's some brutal deaths. So I'm going to take that back. There's, a, <laughs> there's definitely there's some there's some brutal deaths, but it's good. Yeah, take the kids. Take the kids. Sick. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's good fun. There there's some cool yeah, there's some cool cameos, but in like a really subtle way. Like I hated in Rogue One how they just jammed the blue milk down your throat. Um, with Solo is a much more subtle experience where it was just like, oh, if you knew about these things from the extended universe, you were rewarded. But if you didn't know about them, it wasn't like a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Go see it, people. Go see it. <laughs> That was our movie. Good that was our movie review. <laughs> movie corner. corner, yeah. Movie corner is over. <laughs> <laughs> no more movie corner. <laughs> um, I guess we're getting into scoops. Yeah, let's do scoops. Wilson, who you want to scoop? I don't even know what that means. Well, th- you, this is like your third time on the cast, man. <laughs> you have done these before. <laughs> All right, fine. I have two ch- uh, two scoops chocolate, one strawberry twist. <laughs> strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> you cut out all I heard was strawberry twist. Oh. I thought it was maybe like a, I was trying to make an ice cream joke for your scoops. I got it. I got it. Uh, I see. I see. I see. Uh, so this is yeah. like when you when you compliment somebody. These are, are yeah. this is like this is the this is the equivalent of props and slops. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay, so I will I will scoop uh, Bryant Cook, scoop in Bryant Cook for not playing Tess on our team at GP Toronto so that we can top 16. <laughs> and allowing us to get to top 16 because of it. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you, I'm just going to finish your sentence there for you, Wilson. Thank you. I hope that's okay. No, that's cool. <laughs> just put in words in your mouth. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> can we do, anyway, is it scoops and poops? <laughs> do you have a poop wilson would you like to poop on someone well i'm really sick of team magic other than this that gp go on go on i just like i had fun playing with bryant and lee and i enjoyed it but i really don't want to ever play in another team event because i'm sick of it really? here's why because it is so annoying to find people who play two different formats than you and then, like, meet them in a city somewhere else in the U.S. and then, you know, play a competitive tournament with them. Because, for example, yeah, me and Bryant, we're friends. We know each other. But guess what? We are both primarily legacy players. So somebody had to bite the bullet and play modern. And then we found a guy who is good and cool, but he's playing standard and he lives on the other side of the country. And I think that the format is awesome for, like, maybe the top 1% of grinders who only play. They basically play anything, and they play Magic almost full-time. But, like, for your listeners, our listeners, you and your legacy friend group, it's just, like, to play Team Construct is just really annoying to play all three formats. So what I will say real quick is that I think Team Unified Legacy GP might be interesting for two reasons. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) One, because... It doesn't have this problem in that, like, your friend group that plays Legacy will all get to play Legacy. And then the other thing is that it solves this problem for everybody who complains about X card needs to be banned. And it's actually pretty sweet, right? So there's, like, all these people who hate Brainstorm, Deathrite Shaman, all this stuff. And on your team, you only get four copies of that card. So it's almost like a partial ban, and it will make people really think about things in a different way. And you can't be as salty about losing to it because it's only a third of you know, what your team's playing against. So that is that is a great point. Um, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've I've said it a few times in the cast too. Like I would love to do a team event, but I actually don't know any modern or standard players, and I don't really associate with people like that. So I don't I don't think I really want to go to an event like that. But I would love 
I want to play. I like the I like the concept of a team event because I like the idea that I get to hang out with two you know friends and and play magic all day long. That seems fun, but I just don't associate with people who play modern or, or standard. So it's hard for me to find people to play with. And then there's this oh, tension I... with the thir- with the three formats in that you end up sort of doing your own thing, like. Sure, there like there is some overlap when you get three people who are like trying to get on the pro tour or whatever. But like, in general, like you end up just doing better if you just let each person specialize in one format and then do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not even really in the spirit of what it should be about. So like, if it's if it's legacy, or there is a team modern unified event in September, which I think is interesting. But like when it's these the same format and it's triple that, you can really strategize exactly what you want to do with your whole team, which makes it an actual more team experience. I think. I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if uh, this Leave Me a Legacy event's successful, the next one we do could be uh, team unified. Oh, if it's team unified, we're not casting because we're playing. <laughs> that's true that's true uh bob bob Wong was trying to float an idea with me he was trying to get me to have the event be a uh, ba- uh band death right event just to see what the format would be like <laughs> and i was like that's a really good idea bob and i really want to do that but i also don't want to take that risk on our first ever tournament. yeah well the next one the, in, the, in a future the, the one next we can one. do that team team unified band death right let's put some more modifiers Oops. on this <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, that that would be a sweet event to go to. I would like to try that out because it's not just like your your duel aids. Like the biggest thing is like only one deck gets to run brainstorm. <laughs> yeah. So like, what what are the decks? So it's like I feel every team has a death and taxes player, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think there's like so dark depths and chalice of the void are huge. So then you have to build your blue deck to be able to beat those sort of axes of decks. And then obviously Death and Taxes is also a good choice, which is like Aether Vile type thing. And then if you have like an Elves friend, they're probably going to feel like a king that weekend because everybody wants to have Elves as one of their three decks probably. (laughs) But in general, my thought is that... Well, I wasn't going to say this because I, re- I really wanted to be totally positive about it and make it happen. But at the end of the day, if they do this event, people are going to end up hating Chalice so much that they'll never complain about Death Right Shaman ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the real enemy all along was Chalice of the Void. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. That would be sweet. Oh, man, that was a long that was that that was a poop. Was that a poop we were talking about? <laughs> yeah, sorry. But it turned into a positive thing, right? Yeah, you had a good poop, Wilson. I'm glad you had a good poop. Thank you. <laughs> Must be all that fiber. <laughs> what about you, Pat? You got scoops? And yeah, poops? I'm going to scoop in um, our newest uh, Patreon supporter, Joe Albies. Thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Aww, thanks, Joe. People like you uh, make the world go around, man. You make make the podcast possible, and we 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 appreciate the support so much. It means a lot. Did you say Joe Albies? Yeah. Yes. Is he related to Ozzy Albies, uh, rookie second baseman for the Atlanta Braves? I'm gonna say yes. They're they're twins. <laughs> Twin brothers. Yep, twins. <laughs> Twinsies. Do you have a poop bat? Uh, I mean, I have to go poop now, so we gotta finish this up real quick. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, is that why? Is that why we had a hard end time? <laughs> I have a hard, I have a hard out at nine thirty, but it, it's look. It, we're getting real close to nine thirty right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you get to your business, Pat. <laughs> uh, my sco- I'm going to scoop you in, Wilson. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, Always good. Always good. 
and I have a poop. Uh, it's it's a pet peeve poop. You know what really annoys me is people who lean over the sneeze guard at restaurants. It's like that that sneeze guard is there for a reason, lady. I don't want your grubby paws like shaking skin flakes onto my burrito. I'm behind you in line. I don't need that in my life. That's that's my that's my peppy. I'm glad Wilson made a boop so I could get that off my chest. Jeez, like that. Yeah, that's like somebody really wronged you in the last. <laughs> it was just this, this, this not not cleanly cleanly woman just leaning over the sneeze guard. Sneeze guards are there for a reason, people. Pat, <laughs> uh, you got the joke list. Uh, I am. Uh, yeah, I got it right here, man. All right, here we go. Oh, yo, number two. All right, I like that. Uh, uh, Bob Champany, how many Dragon Balls? Is this Z or Dragon Balls characters? Dragon Balls. Do you not know what Dragon Ball Z is? Nope. Is that like is that like Power Rangers? Uh, yeah, it's just like Power okay. Rangers. Pat, just how many <laughs> Dragon Balls characters does it take to change a light Z. bulb? Dragon Ball Z. He wrote Dragon Balls, so. How many characters does it take to change a light bulb? How many, Pat? He says, just one, but it takes him three episodes. See, that's a good joke that was ruined so, by you not knowing what... That was a good joke, and you ruined it, You know Pat. what, Jerry? You ruined Jerry, it. The, the trademark of a... You know how you know you heard a good joke? Is when it's over, someone says, that's a good joke. That's when, that's when you know it's a good joke. It's when they just yeah, answer immediately. Exactly. Oh, that's a good one. That that's a good joke. That, no, it it no, it was a good joke, Pat. It was a good joke, and your exposition ruined it. You you took away joy and happiness from this world due to your ignorance. Uh, I, I think happy. the person who took away happiness was Bob Champney, who just gave us a bad joke. <laughs> Everyone's here is everyone on our page is not a funny person, man. You're all smart, lovely people. We Wilson, love you all, but you're Wilson, all you know what, not funny. Wilson, do you know what Dragon Ball Z is? Answer me this. I don't really want to get involved in this, to be honest. <laughs> you, what is the point of having a third-person tiebreaker on the episode if you don't break the tie, Wilson? I have a hard end time of 9.28 p.m. <laughs> uh, my clock says 9.27, so we got... <laughs> Uh, all right all right all hey right. don't let's, forget to sub- like and follow subscribe all the stuff that we do uh you can find jerry at jme3rd i'm at pat uglo the stream is twitch.tv slash leaving legacy uh patreon.com slash leaving legacy find us on hipsters join the facebook group and uh deck picks and dick picks leaving legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com cardboard live land shark beard boston market 